Welcome back to another episode of Miserable and Reckless Podcast, where we cover sports, music, culture, and all things South. I'm Dustin, and I'm here hanging out with argumentative over all things Argyle, Argyle, Angle, and uh, mostly miserable about his mountain man, Morgan. So, <laughs> I want to welcome you fellows and everybody to the show this week. I'm sitting in for my brother, Logan. He's literally in on plane right now. Um, if you uh, if you listen to us on Spotify, Apple, whatever, all the various platforms, go out there, give us five stars, give us a follow, check out the Facebook page, the blog, and the website, miserable-reckless.com. Um, let's jump into it. Good, bad, and the ugly. Morgan, what you got? All right. Good, bad, and the ugly. Well, good. Logan's not on tonight. Thank God. No, <laughs> <laughs> um, my good, uh, the final episode of season five of stranger things aired on uh or the last two episodes dropped on july 1st and they did not disappoint for those of you that have been following stranger things um a show created by the duffer brothers who are from durham, durham north carolina a show that's based on you know 80s and growing up in the 80s with a sci-fi stephen king kind of uh to it which is pretty cool so if you like that kind of stuff you guys got you know go to netflix and check out all four seasons and they got a fifth season coming out final one and probably not gonna come out till 2024 but anyway it was awesome great ending to the season uh my my bad is um bridget is uh since she has an older brother who's going through the terrible twos she is decided that she wants to join the party early <laughs> and uh yeah welcome to the party pal um she oh, is a uh, straight bitch let me that's another way to put it <laughs> excuse my language but good god i mean i she is her mother's she is her mother's daughter um and then ugly even with kids brody is decided you know he's going to start to have nightmares and oh man! Night terrors or something, but yeah. So, a lot of lot of night playing on his floor again late, lately. So, um, getting him back asleep, and instead of you know once he falls back asleep, getting up and leaving, as I'm waiting for him to fall asleep, my tired ass falls asleep right along with. Him. So I wake up with a stiff back, laying on a, on a cement floor that has a layer, a thin layer of carpet over it. Good yep. stuff. So uh, that's my good, bad, and the ugly. So everyone out there, go have children. It's basically yes, what yes, yes. Lots of these are all the good stuff. These, this is all the good stuff I have. Not <laughs> the laughing and the reading of the books, but the terrible twos and screaming and nightmares. I'm sleeping on a concrete floor. On a concrete floor to get your kid to go. Was your mini daddy daycare? <laughs> yes. Was it, was it more comfortable for you sleeping when we went on the camping trip or on your son's floor? Well, let me answer answer this one correctly here. My son's poor because it, I know for a fact that it comforts him and he can go to sleep. <laughs> for my for my back, I'd see I was drunk and sleeping on a uh, in a sleeping bag in a tent in thirty degree weather. On rocks. On rocks. So. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. Sleeping most miserable. <laughs> Got 
All keeping right. up the life of Mesborn Records. Yep. David Day. Hang on what you got. Good, bad, and ugly. All right. You guys want to do dealer's choice for my bad and ugly? Was it the fact sure. that my, was it the fact that my wife came home with COVID from Chicago and now I have it? So apologize if I cough without muting. Uh that's how much I care about this podcast I'm doing with COVID. Or is it is it the fact that my rear car window was shattered um, for no reason on the 3rd of July for absolutely no freaking reason and it's currently sitting tarped because it's rained for the past three days? I'm sure my neighbors really appreciate uh, the tarp on the Honda Civic that already looks like it doesn't belong in an old person's community. Um, is it the fact that I missed uh, going to see my family down in Virginia Beach? I mean, I, I can keep going with all these different options for you guys on my bad and ugly. Is the fact that the restaurant and the marina bar that closed in November that we moved in here partially for um, isn't uh, isn't open yet, even though they told us it'd be open on Memorial Day? That's okay. I can't go to it anyways because I just cough all over everyone there. So um, I don't know. Might be that. Uh, but anyways, if I'm looking on the positive side, uh, I did have a nice Fourth of July, and because Fourth of July is an outdoor activity, and because apparently, according to whatever the CDC decided to come up with for July in 2022, I was told that I was allowed to go outside and sit on the pier and watch the fireworks. And that was actually relatively nice. So uh, that's the first time we've actually had the opportunity to do that in the community. So I'm being somewhat sarcastic, but uh, bad things come in threes. So I guess we got COVID. We had the car window. We missed the family trip. The restaurant's not open. But at least we had a nice 4th of July. We got to watch some cool fireworks. I got to watch some idiots in the water that were holding mortars over their head and lighting them off in the water, which I thought was pretty funny. <laughs> was this in uh, Gwen's Island, Virginia? Yeah, you'd think, right? I was like, clearly those people are tourists because uh, I, I don't think those are part of the retirement home community that I live in. <laughs> Someone invited their you know, crazy uncle or something. Um, and then the, the other thing I was going to bring up, which is my good of the week. So if I'm moving from ugly to bad to good, um, I actually, on the last bittersweet, on the last uh, episode of Packer and Durham, uh, one of the guys gave the other guy. Um, so Woody Durham's son, Wes, gave uh, Billy Packer's son, Mark, a book called Fight Songs, A Story of Love and Sports in a Complicated South. Again, that's the name of the book is Fight Songs, A Story of Love and Sports in a Complicated South. It's actually a really awesome book. Um, I started reading it and uh, I did the like the little preview option on books and I got through about 30 pages of it in about a half hour, which is saying something. I don't sit down and read hardly ever. And um, certainly not on my phone. And uh, so I bought the rest of it. It's like eight bucks or something online. It's really good. It's all about um, the South versus the deep South. And basically, long story short is there's a guy from North Carolina. Um, he's from Winston-Salem and he marries a girl from Alabama. And it's all about how... Uh, He's a he's a sociology, I think, or psychology uh, major, which makes sense to me. And um, he, he kind of explains all these different things about how he had to like navigate through like family stuff. And he was born and raised in Winston, but he moved to Clemson and he went to some different places. And it, it all ties together because obviously Alabama uh, ties together with Clemson. It's a really interesting book. So for anyone that is halfway interested in what we talk about on the podcast, um, you might find that to be interesting. So. That's my good. There you go. Good, bad, and COVID. <laughs> <laughs> bad and COVID. And then with a positive light here for you. 
Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, good for me this week is uh, this past summer for Duke football was the first year that they hosted recruits ever. Um, maybe not ever, but in, in a long time um, in the summer months. And it, as I've previously stated, Elko is just doing different stuff. He's, has a different, he's a new guy having a different approach. They hosted 19 kids. They ended up with like 14 commitments out of it, which is pretty, that's a pretty good success rate. Um, their recruiting class in the early, early rankings for the group that's committing is uh, on the higher end of the ACC. So at least we're not at the bottom. Um, doesn't necessarily, as we may are going to get into shortly, mean anything um, for the future because college football is changing so much so quickly. But it's just fun to see, you know, like, someone come in with different perspective and do do things differently and kind of start seeing some success and excitement around something that you spend time and effort into cheering for and paying attention to. Um, bad. Uh, this past week I got in the mail, a jury duty summons. So um, I'm real excited about that, you know, civic duties, fun and all that, but nobody wants to do jury duty. So uh, hopefully, uh, Hopefully, I don't end up on the jury, but we'll see. We'll find out in August. We're about a month out. Um, last our way to get out of that. Yeah. <laughs> we'll talk about that offline. Um, <laughs> and then, last thing I'm I'm gonna share is uh, we, we talk a lot. We share a lot of personal things on here, and so I figure I might as well share this uh, with the with the audience. Uh, my wife's mother passed away this past Sunday, um, which was um, a bit unexpected. Um, she was she was very, just sort of my personal experience with her. She was always very welcoming to me. Whenever, from the time I kind of walked into Jenny's life and their family's life, um, I had you know, one of the things that stood out to me was I, I did the old school thing of I called my wife's dad when I before I uh, asked her to marry me and asked him. For his permission and it just so happened that her, her mom was there as well so technically both of them said yes um and i was talking to them so it's something that you know i wasn't expecting to talk to them both that day but i did and it just kind of worked out and something i always kind of remember um she also would always tell me whenever we leave after visiting them or whatever she's in the early days when it was just me and my wife she'd be like take care of my girl and then then once we had our daughter she'd always say take care of my girls so, you know, Linda, I'll keep, keep up that end of the bargain for you going forward. Um, but, Jed, you know, sad thing, but it's a it's part of life. So uh, that's our good, bad, the ugly for the week. It looks like we have a new entrance into the chat. Um, Logan, do you want to share uh, happy or sad things before we jump into the, the topic of the week? Yeah, it's all fucking bad. Um, <laughs> we... I'm walking through the Atlanta airport as we speak and we got like 20 minutes outside of Atlanta. The weather was bad. So they sent us to Birmingham because the Atlanta airport was closed. Got all the way to Birmingham. That airport was closed. Sent us back to up to South Carolina to Greenville. We parked there uh, on the tarmac, got some more fuel. And now here I am finally getting into Atlanta, uh, probably hour and a half, two hours roughly after I was supposed to be here. So, yeah. You sound thrilled. Are you? <laughs> that's, that's one way of putting it. 
Now, Logan, this is a very important question for Miserable and Reckless. Are you walking yourself or are you riding on the things that walk for you? Oh, I'm walking right now. I'm out of ground transportation. Oh, okay. Looks like you're on the golf course. That's why. Yeah, I'm trying to get rid of that. It's hard to do on my phone. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> oh, I mean, that's probably I'd rather look at that. Than anything oh, there we go. Oh, there we go. Atlanta Airport. Or outside the Atlanta Airport. Yeah, outside the airport. Atlanta Airport, the funnest place to be. Oh, I know, right? It's like my fifth or sixth trip here, and I keep saying, I'm never coming back here, and then I somehow end up here. Worst airport in America. Yes, it is. Well, New York York City can can give you a run for your money on that. (laughs) I don't have any reason to go up that way. That airport, that airport's (laughs) shithole. Uh, but Atlanta is dead second. Oh, yeah. Mm. I believe that. All right. Well, since Logan came in here, a uh, ball of happiness and excitement, um, <laughs> let's let's move into our topic of the week. Morgan, you want to introduce this, and we'll just yeah, kind of kick so, it around. Definitely. So, you know, as we started to see, uh, Trey was been paying attention to college football here lately. Uh, not too long ago, Oklahoma and Texas decided that they were bolting for the SCC and once that happened we you know obviously the group four of us started talking you know what what's the next thing that's going to happen because obviously something's going to happen and that's going to stop with those two jumping uh, conferences and lo and behold that was not so just recently USC and UCLA decided to join the Big Ten and to shake everything up. I mean, that's pretty much sent the Pac-12 into just a downhill roll towards uh, non-existence because afterwards, there's, there's talks of the rest of the Pac-12 teams all talking about joining other teams. I think they got news of, uh, what was it, about four or five of them wanting to join the uh, Big 12. Um, it's, it's, it's looking like that uh, the Big 12 is extending invitations to up to yep, six yep. Pac-12 members. Yep. It's the two Arizona schools, Colorado, Utah. And then Oregon yep. and Washington saying so, they have a month to decide whether or not they're going to accept the offer. Yep. yep. And you got, uh, but Washington, from what we've seen, Washington and Oregon want to join the Big Ten. But they were told that, uh, sorry guys, you're on your back burner. We're waiting to figure out what Notre Dame's going to do because right now everybody wants Notre Dame and that NBC contract. Yeah. Um, so here we are, you know, and now there's, there's rumors that came out today that whether they're real or just, you know, fluff, but they're, they're out there. And it's reports going on that, um, Florida, was it Florida and help me out here, Florida state, North Carolina, UVA, and, uh, Clemson are in talks of wanting to join the SEC. So that's, so that's kind of like where we're at now. So I figured we, you know, we can start it off talking about what all does this mean right now for the ACC? Yeah, since we're all ACC guys, why don't we start start from there and and kind of um, spider way about from that? Yeah. So honestly, it's it's going to go one of a couple ways. Everybody's waiting on Notre Dame because they're the pretty blonde at the dance right now. And uh, they're the last really, really big uh, brand at the level of, like, Texas that was available for Texas to go to SEC. You can argue Clemson. I still don't think so. It's really Notre Dame. 
Uh, they're the linchpin for whatever happens. If they oh, have yeah. to pick, ultimately they're going to end up in the Big Ten, in my view. When that happens, I don't know. But the ACC, I think the days are numbered, uh, at least in the sense of how we have always known them. The ACC may exist as a skeleton and uh, a shell of its former self, if you will. But the the days of ACC dominance have been gone. But the day, the days of the ACC, kind of with the existing members of we have, I think, are numbered. Um, I don't know how accurate that report is. Everybody, get, like, you know, it's madness right now in college football. So, yeah. um, and it, it, the article came from some network called Swim Swam. It was some swimming thing. So, how much they're actually in the know about the inner workings of college football, I don't know. But the reality is, um, I wouldn't be surprised if a, if a combination of those four or maybe a couple of others are interested in a move to the SEC at some point. Um, so I think the ACC's days are numbered. What that really means for my school and for others, like what, you know, NC State, we are who we are and we are where we always are. And that's, we're firmly on the bubble. Um, we don't, we're not, we're not going to be bringing it brought into the big 10. We all know that the SEC is the only like option if we want to be part of the big two in this latest round of conference expansion. But the reality is NC State and unfortunately for you, Morgan, because if I feel like if it was 10, 15 years ago, you know, it would have been a different conversation, but. Uh, everybody in the media is speaking about NC State and Virginia Tech in the same breath, um, talking about how we're kind of like, if we they expand to 24 each, we have a shot. If they go to 20, we're probably out. So we're on the bubble, man. I would say oh. you guys are more likely to be last four in, and we're like more likely to be last four out on the, of the bubble teams. But um, it, it doesn't look good for NC State. And the part that – and then I'll wrap up with this. The part that I don't like about that, it's not about – matter of me being delusional one to say, Hey, I want to be for national titles. It's not going to happen. But when you don't have the bowl tie-ins, you don't get new year six bowls. You don't have a chance to go to the orange bowl, the Rose bowl, the cotton bowl. So have you, we end up playing in the papajohns.com uh, uh, lawnmower bowl with ECU and, and all the rest of the American and the Sunbelt. I don't want that to happen because then the revenue goes down, the recruiting goes down and we're going to end up uh, with basically playing Sunbelt football. So it doesn't look good for the Wolfpack. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, my my first thing with with first thing I wanted to say was it makes sense for Notre Dame to join the Big Ten out of everything because if they go up there, you can renew your rivalries with USC and Michigan. Um, and geographically, it makes sense as well. Um, and then my other point I was going to bring up is that if if all these teams do bolt, I I, I you know. In the uh, SEC, does expand even just even twenty, the teams that they're going to bring in. I, I don't. I think there's going to be room for state and tech because I think a lot of the other ones are going to go to Big Ten. The ones that the year they mentioned in the rumors don't make any sense to go to the SEC. I, academically, they make more sense for Big Ten. Well, and, uh, you Especially know, North, UVA. Like, yeah, UVA and in, in, in North Carolina, I, where basketball. And basketball yeah. is more heavier in the big in the Big Ten, and SEC is more heavier in football. It just wouldn't make yeah. sense for those two to go to the SEC with their academic background. You yeah, know, you you have to know how well, to for tie UVA your shoes and, read, and read a book. At, you need to know how to tie your shoes and read a book at the oh, same no, time. No, no, go to those two schools, right? For you, the SEC doesn't care if, if you even know how to you know part. <laughs> Yeah, for UVA at least, I've always contended that UNC's academic prestige is more of yeah. smoke and mirrors than it actually is uh, some real stuff to it. So it's up, and people believe it. People believe it. So I guess you know perception's all that matters. But but I do agree they're bigger fits, better fits with the Big Ten. 
Now, Morgan, one thing I did want to ask you is specific to mine and your school. We have good to very elite, depending on the year, college wrestling programs. We're going to have to say both of us get what we want. We get an invite to the SEC. We're going to have to be Big Ten only in college wrestling because I don't think the SEC carries college wrestling. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, I, I didn't think about that part. This is my wrestling's pretty big with, with both our schools right now. This is my lacrosse dilemma. Carolina and UVA are, I know no one cares about lacrosse, and we, no, we don't. We, we ridicule it, we ridicule it nonstop on the group text, but it's the same situation. I mean, you're talking about national championship competing teams every single you year you are in, in wrestling and in lacrosse so what happens and that's where i uh not to mention and i don't need to run through the list of this isn't a carolina advertisement but uh not to mention court hockey which and, is- i mean i i guess the the answer to that is you can be a limited member of a conference because i'll point to notre dame being an ice hockey member of the big 10 so it's yep. possible for select sports to be able to do something like that. Um, but when you NC, NC State and Virginia Tech are both um, unique in that that's, it's only really only one sport. Carolina, on the other hand, the Olympic sports that they're really good in are Olympic sports that the Big Ten prides themselves on. So it, it's just a better overall fit than the SEC would be. Doesn't mean I like it. <laughs> now, I mean, Who's to say that the ACC doesn't try and go and grab some some big players themselves and kind of convince them to come join the ACC? I mean, that's not you know not likely. And there's the guys that are left out there. You're like, you know, hey, we got another invitation. The Mel, who's it from? Uh, the ACC. Uh, all right, I'll just put it over there with the CAA, and we'll we'll get back to them. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're, we're focused on picking between the big 10 and the SEC who has the most money, <laughs> you know? Um, I mean, what, what's your thoughts on that as far as trying to, you know, grab some big, big medium sized players from other conferences themselves and try and save the ACC. And I, and I say one thing, and this is the, one of the only things I thought about for tonight. Um, your question, Morgan, I think is great because I think that's for me why I'm willing to cover this in, an, in a new way. Um, earlier today, I sent out kind of a sappy, like, well, the ACC is like the oldest thing that I've known in my life because it is. Um, it's, it's been around for over 30 years of my life, which I'm aging myself. But um, I, uh, the reason why I sent that out is because for the first time when USC and UCLA left the Pac-12, I think that for me personally, um, I'm not speaking about anybody else, that was the writing, the handwriting on the wall that, oh, crap, the ACC is probably not going to, probably not going to make it out of this. That, that in college football as a whole, as we know it, has completely changed forever. But a couple weeks ago, I was in your camp. Morgan, I was in like the, why don't we go get West Virginia? And why don't we go get Oklahoma state and we can fortify and ACC is a great conference. And we really liked to, like, I was like, still like, I want to, I don't, I don't want to say I was drinking the Kool-Aid, but like, I was still, yeah. like, Oh, okay. Well, we've got Clemson and we've got Florida state and we got Miami and we like, these are real schools. And like, and now and how long do those schools want to be a part of a sinking ship where yeah. they, in a few years, 
the uh, SEC and the Big Ten are going to have $50 million more per year per payout per school yep. than the ACC will. And the only look, the reality is if you uh, add it Notre Dame, the payouts stay the same. If you add a Notre Dame and one other, uh, according to the contract with ESPN, it can be renegotiated because they'll have to. Uh, so, but who else is there really to get when it comes Nobody. to brands? I mean, Oklahoma State, I mean, as much as I, I feel a kinship with the Cowboys, they don't move the needle. West Virginia doesn't move the needle. No. And they're the only two that would maybe be gettable. But at this point, I'm not leaving the Big 12 for the ACC. If I'm no. Logan, you no, said. Oh, go ahead, Morgan. No, I was going to say to, you know, you nailed it right there, Dustin. I mean, as, as much as, as I said, you know, is there, you know, what if we went out and grabbed people? But truth of the matter is, is that there's nobody out there that's going to move the needle. It's just not. And that's just it. That's the sad story of it. It's just, what is it? It's a wait and see now. Because I yeah. think Notre Dame, I think once Notre Dame makes their decision, that that's it. That's going to be. Yeah. That that's gonna be the piece that creates the the title wave, the major title wave. So like the interesting. USC, oh. you, you can finish. Go ahead. My bad. <laughs> I was gonna say the USC in, in UCLA was kind of like the the start of it, but Notre Dame is gonna like be the one that finishes it and just goes, all right, here's where yeah. we're staying, and that's it. We're no longer like many over here, half over there, independent over there. We're full on Big Ten, yeah. if you want to call it. Once that happens, that's it. The, the, the pieces yeah. that are, whether rumors or not, it, it's all going to start to crumble and uh, whatever you want to call it, the effect of it is it's going to be big. The interesting thing about Notre Dame is Notre Dame, if they were to join the ACC full-time, will move the needle. It would salvage the conference, at least in the short term. Now, also, their NBC contract runs out in 2025. Their, their current NBC structure is significantly less than what even the ACC is getting. But uh, that's just for just them. Uh, the ACC deal is based on, you know, all 14 teams that are um, football members. Now, if Notre Dame joined the ACC, they likely would – it would be in a, a situation where them and Clemson would get a higher revenue share. And I think that's the only way to be able to keep the conference together at this point. But when you do that – you're signing a death sentence for probably five, 10 years down the road. Cause that's what the big 12 did about 10 years ago to keep Texas and Oklahoma. You're only just, del- you're, you're keeping the body warm. That's all you're doing at that point. Yeah, when you, when you do cool. unequal revenue shares. Yeah, they're just pretty, yeah. If Notre Dame joins, there'll just be a bandaid. And that is that. So in, in reading about this ahead of time, it's interesting. You brought that up. Um, in reading about this ahead of time, that was one of the solutions proposed to keep the ACC intact. And I wonder if that's not a bad play down if, if, and hold on, let me make sure I say that correctly so people understand. I wonder if that is a bad play down the road, because if we start tiering things, for example, Duke and Carolina clean up with maybe like Virginia and, uh, and I guess, uh, sorry, Virginia tech, uh, reigning champions in basketball. If there's a tiered approach to that, that's what they were talking about. And then in football, you start talking at like Clemson and some of the others that have quote, carried the conference my concern with that was that if we're still how do i say this we're still evaluating brands but now we're evaluating brands or or i'm going to call them brands or or colleges and universities and we are actually assigning money as opposed to just 
uh, perceiving that schools are valuable and so therefore they should join our conference. And uh, if you're, for example, Wake Forest, who has a super small undergraduate population, they're part of the ACC. I believe they have the smallest, this may be old, old news, like there may be a bit of like Grand Canyon or something that's smaller than them that's joined recently, but I believe they're the smallest D1 school that's like considered within like the power five conferences. Um, and, uh, you know, they're, they're not necessarily competitive in a lot of things. If we start tipping the scales to get the, the bigger schools, the money, first of all, I think you're going to start to siphon off those schools. And second of all, I, I wonder if, uh, eventually the schools just say, look, we can take our ball and go elsewhere. I mean, yeah. the small private schools are the problem. They, we have disproportionately more of those schools than any other quote unquote power five conference, whatever the fuck that means these days. But they, when John Swafford brought them in uh, for like, if it was the eighties and the nineties, bringing in BC and Syracuse and Pitt looked like a good move, but it wasn't the eighties and nineties. Now, unfortunately, and no disrespect to our, our uh, friends over in Blacksburg and our uh, not friends down in Miami, they stopped uh, Miami stopped being good as soon as they came into the conference. Virginia Tech had about a decade where they were still good. If they were still what they were, Florida State was still what they were. Clemson was at the level that they're at. The ACC is having a very different conversation. Oh yeah, we just had a, a run of bad luck of teams that were 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 good uh, programs, like more than good programs for twenty years. It hit a rough patch right when they joined the conference or shortly thereafter. So it's like I said, there's nothing you can do about that. That's just the way that the cookie crumbles sometimes. So this that that brings us to something that. I think it's kind of important that hasn't been discussed. And there's two pieces that kind of can go together here. One, um, we've texted a lot about the grant of rights that the ACC has. So back, uh, it was originally signed in 2013, but it got extended in 2016. What that means is that if any school leaves the conference, their revenue, their TV media revenue, if they go to the Big Ten or the SEC, comes back to the ACC through the year 2036. So at this point, we're talking like 14 years worth of revenue would be coming back to the conference if, say, Clemson and Carolina decided to go to the SEC or the Big Ten. They would have to turn around and write that check right back to us. Now, there's people out there, you know, there's lots of rumors about a couple of things going on. One, universities, and again, it could be Clemson, Carolina, Miami, Florida State, whomever, maybe all of them, having attorneys look at the strength of that contract. There's also um, talk about, uh, I know Miami has been connected to um, how could maybe they finance paying that, like basically they take out a finance agreement with, you know, I don't know, like a bank, but like a private equity firm or something and pay that back that way. Um, they're just looking for ideas of how they can make it work. So clearly there's going to be some discussion and some challenging of that. But as we understand it today, anyone leaves the money comes back to the conference not into the conference of the university for the next 14 years so what that potentially means is that binds us together at least for a few more years um maybe maybe not because it depends on how all this stuff works out but it may end up keeping us as a conference together because they re you really have no other choice the math doesn't pencil out so would that I guess I would propose as in, you know, part of this discussion, you're talking about the good old days, you know, when Miami and Virginia Tech and Florida State and Clemson and everybody were good. 
potentially granted rights grant right buys you some time. Because if it wasn't in place, several universities would have already left the ACC. And we would be in the same position everybody else would be in. So the only reason it hasn't happened is the grant rights. If that sticks in place for a few more years, Miami actually lives up to the hype. Florida State gets better. Clemson maintains. Um, Virginia Tech becomes a better program. Carolina actually takes all that talent they have and uses it to puts it to good use. NC State's much play much better football in the past few years than they have, you know, than they have been in a while. Like at a higher level, looking at you know knocking on ten win seasons last year. So. Does that change the game in five years or 10 years? Um, you know, you've got that. So that plus maybe like a Notre Dame or something like that. How does that impact or does that open the door to survival? I guess. I think it could. I mean, if everyone's going to be, because I mean, it, they look, they estimated that whatever route you took, but you tried to lawyer up, take it to court, stuff to pay at the legal fees is not going to be a quick process or you just try to exit anyways. You're looking at like they were estimating 100 to 140 million dollars at the end of the day, which you're going to have to spend to leave the conference. If that handcuffs everyone together, you know, if that if all that happens, right? I think we have we're in good standing for a better TV negotiation, and uh, when the contract runs out, now that we're that's like best case scenario. We all know that's probably not going to happen with every single school, but at the same time. The ACC also could just vie for that third spot that the Big 12 is trying to get right now. But that's my thoughts on it. I think it's 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 a it's like at the end of uh it's like in Dumb and Dumber when they're like, so you're saying there's a chance. That's basically what it feels like to me. But it's possible. Yeah, everything is possible. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just an interest. We're in an interesting place because you know I I told y'all earlier today and I. I believe this is true. There's going to be two big boys in the room, and but there's going to be a third. There's going to be a third something. There has to be because there's 65 power five teams. 40 to maybe 48 max are going to be in the, the two major conferences. That's going to be the range. So that leaves out a, a whole nother full group of folks. Who One of two things is going to happen. They're going to play in that third conference that is going to be it's going to be a big gap between them and the power two but they're going to exist and they're not going to be group of five and some programs are just going to get rid of football so there's going to be a a natural like like, you know sort of some programs go away some programs bind together and they're the third group depending on how this all plays out you know acc could be that even though people because if you go back 12 months ago, everybody thought the Big 12 was dead. And then now, conversation is very different. And in many ways, I think Grand Rights gives us time to try to figure it out. Who knows? It really depends on leadership, and it also depends on, you know, where these other schools' heads are at. Like, how badly do they want to just jump ship and go to the Big Ten and SEC? So. Is this where we decide who from the ACC, now that we've done the Pollyanna version, is this where we decide who from the ACC is? I mean, we're, we're ACC people, right? We've, we can talk about money. We can talk about brand value. Logan, you sent out something earlier this week um, 
it was a uh, an image with I'm not sure where the money came from, but it, it ranked all the football schools in the SEC. It was a it was a study done by Indiana University and Purdue jointly, and the Wall Street Journal had it in one of their uh, articles about it assigning a and granted this was up to 2018 assigning a brand value and in, uh, in dollars for each Power Five football program. Oh well, that explains North Carolina then. I mean, clearly it was before Mac Brown got there, so I get it now. Makes sense. All right. <laughs> well. Regardless, I was going to say there's a brand value uh, thing that was done by Big Ten people anyway. So who knows how trustworthy that is? Clearly, they poach people from everywhere despite their handshake alliance. And then, um, and then, uh, can't even count to 10. That's how, how can you trust them? And then, on top of that, we also have perception, right? So I don't know which way you guys want to go, but is it is, is brand value an interesting thing? Like, okay, so which if we're looking at the ACC and we're not being Pollyanna-ish and we're saying maybe we don't add anyone, maybe it is that where do the people go? What are the brands that leave? Or do we uh, look at it from a money perspective or do we look at it from a perception perspective? Because it sure as hell seems like you and Morgan, Logan, would have a heck of a leg to stand on when it comes to perception, but apparently for some reason, not so much money. And that's a little bit confusing to me, but maybe I'm, way too close to it i honestly don't know how a lot of this is uh determined i don't think anybody does i think that's why everybody ran with an art uh, uh scoop today from a, like i said swim net. but it nobody really knows how this is being determined for those that are not you know the texas longhorns always horns down but uh and, or notre dame so like you know tech and state uh, you know state football program generates revenue tech does that tech has a very good history but they just for whatever reason aren't viewed in the same um i, I guess standing out on the national scale as a uva and unc i think it's the national brand aspect not so much the actual data on what someone can deliver but about the uh the national brand aspect on uva and unc so whether that's fair, I don't know, but that them's how it is. That's how it is. You just yeah. I so I want to. I do want to say something sort of related to this, not directly on it. You know, people talking. So the knee jerk reaction to a lot of this stuff is like, you got to do something, right? Sort of like when things happen in society, everybody's like, "Oh, do something." Sometimes doing something quickly is not the right answer. Sometimes the answer is you got to sit back and figure out what the best move is. When you when you go to talking about cutting up the pie, whether it's a big conference, I mean, and I think teams are going to run into this with the Big Ten and the SEC. At some point, when they start adding in teams that aren't moving the needle, so to speak, members are going to be like, I don't want less money coming into my pocket just to add more teams. I think the ACC is in the same boat. We don't have a lot of options outside of Notre Dame to add somebody who's going to put more money into the conference of the conference. So it would seem silly to like go out there and chase people just to add. So bringing that sort of to the brand piece, it's it's absolutely a perceived value thing going on. You know, like for some folks, it's recent success. Like Clemson has been real good under Dabo, won a couple of titles consistently in the college football playoff. But then there's you know, other schools like Miami, they haven't been good in 20 years. But 
you know, everybody puts them in the conversation as like top tier, you know, get out there for one of the other conferences. It just doesn't, there's, there just seems to be a disconnect between reality and then the perceived value of some of these universities. Should I bring up now the uh, monetary value that Georgia Tech was assigned in this ridiculous? Yes, please. LOL. All right. Um, I want people to have the context. We're not going to put it necessarily on the screen. Uh, There's five different conferences that were assessed. Um, I'm going to stick with the ACC one for right now. ACC was assessed as the fourth of five conferences uh, um, from top to bottom, right? So we would be the fourth for total brand value, um, total meaning, total amount of money. And then we were, I don't know, doesn't really matter. But average brand value was was not great. Uh, We're a little top heavy. But uh, Clemson's like 300,000. Florida State's like kind of just under that, uh, 289,000 or million. Million. Yeah, sorry, doing that wrong. Don't worry, guys, I'm still bad at math. Virginia Tech was, (laughs) uh, (laughs) if you know me, you know I'm bad at math. Um, Virginia Tech was uh, third at 278 million. We can come back to that. We'll put a pin in that potentially. Um, uh, Then we have Georgia Tech. Uh, Georgia Tech's at 215 million. So in case uh, you know anything about the ACC and you were wondering uh, how this happened, uh, none of us have any fucking clue. And uh, <laughs> um, they are currently ahead of Louisville, Miami, North Carolina, North Carolina State. Uh, Syracuse makes no sense to me where they were ranked. Virginia. And Wake, well, I can understand Wake Forest, Duke, and Boston College because they're smaller private schools. But for some reason, uh, somebody evaluated Georgia Tech. So, Eric, if you've listened to our podcast now for Zenith, if I asked you, would you buy Georgia Tech for $215 million, the answer should be hell to the fuck no. And why are you asking me, you dumb shit? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll, I'll take this opportunity to complain about what I think probably is partly being factored in there it's we should there in the way, we should get logan's opinion since he's in atlanta <laughs> yes even the people yes. of atlanta don't give a shit about georgia Tech. right so this is bulldogs country and i saw i saw more signs for the georgia state than i did georgia tech that tells you what people think about georgia tech when when you hear so often you read an article you see on social media whatever people talk about media markets here and and when Maryland left the ACC, um, you know, back, way back in 2013, media markets matter. People had cable, they had packages. That's how it worked. It's less of a factor now. Cable subscriptions continue to go down. Streaming goes up. It's about people who are going to pay to watch your team. Ultimately, this stuff's about matchups. It's really not about. It's really not about media markets in the sense of like you're in Atlanta. If you're Georgia Tech and you're in Atlanta, no one in Atlanta cares about you. You're not getting people to watch you just because you're in Atlanta. Just by this having millions of eyes doesn't equal attention. Not anymore. Because you can literally choose to watch any kind of media that you want anytime on your phone, on in your living room, on your computer. The choices are endless. You're not going to pick Georgia Tech when you're living there and then they're awful. What people want to see are matchups. People tune in to the big games because they're the big games. And what 
is ultimately going on here is there's trying to be a consolidation of getting all the good teams with the big games into one place, leaving everybody else behind. And then it eventually becomes self-fulfilling because if all the teams that get all the hyper together and all the other teams get forgotten, then, you know, everybody, there's your perceived value of programs. So it just, I, I think there's some level of flaw in whatever this Indiana Purdue produce piece of evaluation is um, yeah. because it, it, it has to, it, there has to be a media market factor in here or else Georgia tech would not be anywhere close to that. The flaws are from West of the Appalachians. But... <laughs> <laughs> if media markets, if media markets still matter. Then NC state, UNC should definitely benefit from that. Cause North Carolina is, is one of the fastest growing states. It's one of it's the largest state that have a Big Ten school yeah. in it. And on top of that, Raleigh itself as a media market has just been blowing up. So if media markets still have any semblance of uh, mattering, then it should benefit them. But I don't think it's going to in the long run. Logan it's, took the words out of my mouth that I told you I was going to say earlier. Damn it. That's fine. He lives in Raleigh. It's okay. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, the reason why some of this has been off the podcast, but the reason why you guys have been complaining about housing prices should, in theory, potentially help uh, Carolina and NC State if you guys think media markets don't matter. But apparently, they only matter when we want them to matter. So that's cool. So more fake news from the big end. Got it. Awesome. <laughs> the, uh, the number that I wanted to go back. You can't just- go, go ahead. The animal? No, that wasn't me. The the number that I wanted to go back to that I thought was really interesting is this. So we have Virginia Tech, Morgan, ranked third Mm -hmm. on this perceived brands list. Third. And yet we have a report. It's probably a rumor. It's probably not true. Especially, I can tell you, Swim Swam. Those that care is a website that basically just reports on like when Ryan Lochte gets in trouble. So, um, there's a lot of other things that they report on, but it's 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 a very good swimming website. However, it's not surprising to me. It's 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 the best probably swimming website to go to for swimming information, but it's uh, not the best uh, reliable source of information. So hearing that, I saw that article earlier, and I thought to myself, I didn't know that was where it came from. I thought to myself, really, swim swam? I'm not going to believe this. So coming from a swimmer saying I'm not going to believe this. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me that Virginia and North Carolina would be included in those rumors because that would get the most clicks because they're the best programs. Um, anyways, what I was going to say was Virginia Tech is third in it uh, on this list of perceived value, and it's probably true, especially based on your fan base. I'm just going to go ahead and put that out there. Um, it surprises me that you guys haven't been on more of these lists. I'm not taking any shots at NC State. That's not necessarily what I'm trying to do. I just, we brought you in for football. You were good at football. We've already addressed that on this podcast and said you guys were good at football. The other schools that came in kind of sucked ass. I understand you guys ran into a little bit of bad luck. Don't need to go down to the Fuentes thing. But um, it would surprise me that if somebody wanted to address a cultural fit and have a brand that was reasonably uh sound when it comes to money i'm just i'm shocked to continue to hear that virginia tech is not a conversation 
hundred percent agree. But you know, but maybe they are, and it's not. You know, they're not clickbait. So maybe, maybe. they are just quietly. Maybe they're quietly having conversations, counting. You know, putting their counting their eggs and deciding what basket to put it in. You know, maybe. Um, I mean, maybe that's a better I feel, bad for, I feel bad. Well, I don't really feel bad for this dude, but, you know, Syracuse and Georgia Tech are going to shit out of luck no matter what happens. <laughs> I mean, I mean, they can go, you know, create, you know, they can go help revive the Big East. They can play ECU in a Meineke, you know, Emerald City, Papa John's Bowl for, you know, a, a free pizza for a year or something, whatever that they give those people and they win. <laughs> People, those players. Sorry, no. <laughs> as this just as this podcast just turned into, all of us want to be at bowl games that seem like they matter. Like, could we just fix all of these problems right now by just having really cool sounding bowl names? Like, like NC State <laughs> going to play Virginia Tech in the Mercedes Benz Superior Bowl. Like that's there you go. <laughs> Or or we get rid of half the damn bowls and stop making it just like, oh, you got five wins, here's your bowl. Like Oprah hanging on bowl games to everybody. You got five <laughs> wins, here's your bowl. We got to create more bowl games because more teams are getting five wins. Like, what the hell? Yeah, you know, I'm sorry. I don't, I'm, I'm going to stop. I'll go off on a tangent on that. But I think it's, <laughs> I think the whole postseason and bowl games is watered down. It's because it's, everything it's not, just like. It's not exciting. It's not exciting anymore. No, no, it doesn't I mean, mean anything anymore because it's just like this whole reason for conference expansion. It's all yeah. about the dollars. Like it's like yeah. at the end of the day, they're going to make a ton of money off this. It, it's going to have a shelf life. Like in 25 years, it's all going to blow up and they're going to go back to the regional. But my fear is, are we going to care at, at the end of all this reshuffling and musical chairs with the conferences? Are the, those of us that are not the Alabamas, that are not the University of Texas, Hornstown, uh, are we going to care? Because the the allure of college football is it's a regional uh, based thing with brands that are regionally known and with strong rivalries within your conference. When you take that away and then you try to be NFL light, are those of us that are not fans of the big boys, are we going to care? And I, 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 I don't know the answer to that. I, I'd like to say I would, but I don't know. What it's like. You know, so, for me, tech, 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 you know, you guys talk about, you know, You've all you've known as ACC since you were you were born. For me, Tech Tech's kind of a gypsy, and funny being that they're from the mountains and with gypsies. But <laughs> you know they they've never they've they've jumped they 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 you know they come in do their time, continue to get good, and then get invited to join the next better thing. And so I don't have as much. I'm not gonna say I don't have as much loyalty to ACC because that's not true, but. As long as I get to keep like the UVA rivalry game, and that's really it for me. I mean, I want I want Tech to have a to be able to um, increase their recruiting and their revenue, and have a better shot at at playing for national championship at the end of the day. Yeah, so that's, that's pretty much where I stand on it. I mean, that's and that's different from y'all's part of it. It it's. I mean, it is, and it, and it, you know, it isn't. I mean, it's there. There's us. We have a lot of nostalgia for it because we grew up with it, and exactly. especially growing up in North Carolina. Right, and you should, you should. Yeah, and 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 look, 
we've said for a long time since we started this thing that college sports has changed a lot. And there's things that we lament about not liking it. And I think we're going to be lamenting a lot of other things. But, you know, what's interesting is you can, I just wonder if it's all worth it, kind of to Logan's point. Because I, there was a, there was a Washington Post reporter who used to work for the News and Observer who I, I listened to him talking about this today. And he was talking about Maryland. And so he's very familiar with the ACC. And so obviously he covered Maryland and the ACC and all that. He's like, look, if you look at the numbers, like them going to the Big Ten in 2013 makes sense, right? And the, the ledgers make sense. Their athletic department was about to go broke. They got a cash infusion. They're going to be part of, you know, this massive media deal and get a whole bunch of cash out of it. So that's great. But what was the price? He's like, nobody, he's like, who wants to drive around the Beltway on Tuesday night in sleety snow to watch them play Iowa? No one. Or, or, no or one. Purdue. He's like, you, you lost all the tradition. You lost all the, the robberies and the history. So what's, was it worth it? He's like, I mean, maybe, maybe not. So that, that's kind of where I'm at on this stuff. It's like, now I know we pick on Maryland a lot, but a little part of me is like just bothered by like, you know, they were one of us, right? And then it was like, no, we want the cash. And then now everybody else is chasing the same thing. So it's, it's just kind of a sad that this is where we're at. There's a reason. Earlier tonight, I was wearing a Patriots hat, in full disclosure. And I told the guys, I said, if we're going to talk about realignment, I think I need to go change my hat because I care more about Carolina. And when I'm talking about realignment, I want to wear a Carolina hat. And when I went to the closet, I had two choices. I had the dark hat and then I had the light Carolina hat. And hopefully this makes sense to you. Kind of like Westworld, the TV show. I had to choose the dark hat because Carolina keeps getting caught up in all this stuff. And I joked with you guys earlier today with a mean with a mean girls meme, right? That like it must be nice to be the girl who wants to get invited to all the different problems. I also told you guys, and I already mentioned this earlier in the podcast, that I am sick of all this bullshit. And I don't know what this means about me. And I guess I'm getting older, but I wish everybody would just settle down and shut the fuck up and we can just go on with life the way things work. And I don't know if that makes me a boomer or an exennial or whatever, but I'm very sick of Carolina being caught up in all these rumors. I understand that we fit culturally in the Big Ten. I understand that we fit better sports-wise probably in the South, or sorry, in the SEC. And um, bottom line is I'm just kind of bummed out by this whole situation because like, I just want the athletes and here's why. I was thinking about this earlier today. And I'll keep it very simple. I've been to five different competitions uh, that North Carolina was behind. By the way, I'd like to point out, I did not graduate from the school. Five different competitions that those student athletes are part of. Um, I don't care about their academics. I care about what they do on the field. And it's really fun for me. And I like going and I like high-fiving other people, apparently in a pandemic. And all having a great time and going into little bars and little towns and 
getting to cheers those other people, whether it's the basketball team or it's the lacrosse team or whatever. I, I, I have literally followed Carolina around, even though I've been living in Annapolis, Maryland. And I have literally done that since May. I've been to five competitions that that school is a part of. I, I will miss that amateur-esque atmosphere. I'm not naive enough to think that people aren't getting a ton of money to do some of the things that they're doing and that the stadiums that we walk into aren't loaded with sponsors and, and money and everything else. But at the same time, when I had a choice when I was down in Raleigh visiting Morgan and Logan and also for work, I wanted to go to the town because it's still quaint-ish to me and it's still a place that I want to be and it's still a place that I want to hang out. And if we start losing that and if we start turning it into like Gillette Stadium or, you know, I don't know, pretty much any other town besides like Green Bay, Wisconsin, then it, it's just going to, I guess I'm going to have to, I don't know, find something else to do. I guess I'll watch Chase Elliott, you know, uh, you know, be sponsored by Hooters, which is about as enjoyable as uh, getting tax shoved in your eyes. So. <laughs> That's how I feel about Chase Elliott, too. I'm yeah. just him and his dad. Well, <laughs> I figured that would ring true with an audience, but like, I mean, enough bush light commercials will drive you, you know, up a wall. Yeah, I mean, to your point, uh, very he put it in a very succinct way. Uh, the Cover Three podcast, that's TBS podcast. Yeah, one of the the co-hosts on that, Tom Fernelli. He said in one sentence what I think that everybody is feeling right now that's involved in sports media. He says it's horrible for our sport. He's like, but it's great content. <laughs> I give up the podcast to have North Carolina football back. <laughs> well, they had to have actually been good for them to be back. <laughs> yeah. Well, a couple here years here near sprinkled and then like a lot of bad years in between those two good years isn't uh, I'm, I'm just gonna stop I'm being mean I'll text it to you later yeah <laughs> call call us when you have like five or five plus years straight of like nine ten wins we're awesome according to the stadium we're awesome five plus years straight not like one here five in the years 50s, later another two Oregon. In the Morgan in the fifties, according to the stadium, we were awesome. I know I've been there a bunch. It says that we were really good. We went to and the in nineteen and in nineteen ten you had an unclaimed national title too, didn't you? Nineteen twenty four. That's basketball. It's a different sport. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nineteen fifty. Right. Like well, I'm well, going now, and I don't know what to do about it. But apparently, people really like our colors. And apparently people hate Duke's colors. And that's a bummer because I want to play Duke every year. And I swear, if they somehow screw up college basketball in the process of this, I'm I'm not a, a valid college basketball person on this podcast. But damn it. I didn't think I had to be. I didn't think I had to be because, like, it's good enough on its own. But I'll, 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 I'll go on. I'll, I will say this, that. Wherever UNC goes, Duke is going to go, and which means it's going to be the Big Ten. Mm. It just—I'm I'm sorry. That's in my my opinion. Is is it going to happen? Probably not. But if they were to get gobbled up 
by one of those two, it'd be the Big Ten. And because it would be more on a basketball standpoint. Understood. Basketball is much bigger in the Big Ten than it is in the SEC. Would you want to go? Right or, or, am I right or am I wrong? I think there's more be, there's much better basketball in the Big Ten than there is the SEC. I think the yes. SEC is overrun by football. I think the Big Ten is closer to even, but I think the Big Ten. Well, but just you're going speaking, for basketball. You're 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 bat your football's in the background. I think I'm I'm if I'm speaking honestly based on the people I know who actually do support the Big Ten like hardcore, they would say football is more important. However, yes, no, I'm talking about your your all's brand up is that you're more basketball heavy than you are football in which case i know i wish we could get rid of that why that that's what you're known for don't don't hate it enjoy it love it man you've won national championships with it embrace it you're you got you got a football program is mac brown going to continue to grow it sure he is but right now football wise i mean I wish we were the more SEC, majority of the SEC teams would eat your ass up. Yeah. You have a better shot at majority. You have a better shot at majority of the football teams in the Ten than you would the SEC. Yeah, that's fair. Right, right now, yeah. if you got picked up today, yes. football wise, you could win more games in the Big Ten than you could the SEC. Does all of this does does all of this conversation go towards national championships? I mean, is that is that something? I mean, at the end of the day, what you want to do is win a national championship with your, yeah. with your team. That's I mean, the yeah. end goal for everyone. When you step foot on that field in training camp day one, your goal at the end of the day is, is to finish with ho- ho- hoisting that trophy. Are we, are we still talking about football? Because <laughs> that's yeah. not my goal. <laughs> <laughs> My goal, um, be, my goal is to be lifted Rudy style by Mac Brown. All right. Well, let's let's do a uh, let's do this. Let's do an exit question. All right. So, would you rather be a team getting beat up in the Big Ten and SEC with a loser record every single year, or would you be rather be successful in whatever that third conference is that will exist? of all the leftovers didn't make it. And then we'll we'll go around the horn and then we'll uh we'll say goodnight. Morgan, you go first. Um I would rather be successful. In the I'd third conference. Be, yeah, I would. I mean I don't want to get I don't want to just I mean would we get more money if we were in the other two? Yeah. But Get more money and have a losing record every damn year. Matt, I mean, we're, we're is, you know, no. I'd, I'd rather yeah. just fight. I'd rather fight. Let's say the ACC grabs eight, nine more key players, and the winner of that goes into the near six, right? Because at the end of the day, ACC will still put somebody from the New Year six. I mean, let's hope so. Um, so there's still a shot, you know, as as the quote from Dumber Dumber saying, there's a chance. Yeah, Logan. I'd rather stay. I'd rather would like to stay in ACC and keep it, you know, going. Fair enough. I like the answer, Logan. 
Yeah, assuming that in both of these instances that we're going to end up with different opponents than what we have grown accustomed to, obviously I'd rather win in the third best conference, if it would be the third best by a mile, than be Vanderbilt in the SEC. But yeah. the caveat with that is, like, if we could be Mississippi State in the SEC versus yeah. being, you know, uh, uh, upper echelon team in the theoretical Big 12, I'd rather be Mississippi State in the SEC. Yeah, good point. Angle? This one's really easy for me. I had to resist the urge to, like, raise my hand and be like, me, 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 me. Um, I would much rather get beaten up in the SEC or in the Big Ten, much rather, because the option, that's just a personal thing for me. I, I, I'd rather compete with the big boys. Like, if you're going to go overseas and you're going to go train with somebody, like, go train with the best. Like, measure yourself against the best. Like, if you're going to play on Sunday in a golf tournament, play against Tiger or Rory. You know what I mean? Don't, don't, don't line up against somebody else. Even if you lose, even if you, you know exactly where you stand on the scale of things. And to yeah. be quite honest, um, I had the choice personally a long time ago at this point uh, to go to UNCW or to go to UNC. And I desperately, desperately wanted to go to Chapel Hill because I wanted to go there for the football program and we were not good. And I just wanted to go there just so I could just so I could understand what the passion of being a part of a not good program was about. So if there's anything that you've learned about me, I don't know that I cheer for the underdogs necessarily, but I would absolutely want to be a part of that because it will mean so much more. It would mean so much damn more. So if there's anything I can understand about like the Cubs or anything about that lifestyle, when they finally actually win something. I, that's just I, I I don't know how you say that. I think it's just ingrained in me. So the Carolina football lifestyle, if we could go win and we somehow did it in the SEC, that would be that would be insane. I don't I don't, yeah. I don't even know how to put into words what what that might mean. It makes no sense. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. Well, that's easy for me. Uh, we're not going to be good in either scenario, so I want to be in the power two and take all the money and pour it into basketball and other sports. All right. Um, that's it for this week. I think we've thoroughly um, gotten sad, yeah. carved out a path forward for the ACC to be the third conference, and shared lots of other information about ourselves this week. So, appreciate, appreciate everybody listening. I'm here with Angle. I'm here with Morgan. I'm here with lounging in the airport, Logan. I'll see y'all next week.